0: Is this thing on? All right. Thank you for tuning in to Freedom is the Cure, a John Birch Society podcast. I'm Paul Dragu, the communications director for the JBS. There are two main reasons we launched Freedom is the Cure. The first is to discuss what's really happening out there. And there's a lot. And it can be overwhelming and it's hard to decipher at times. We live in the information age. It's no longer in the good old days, some would say, when uh, you had a few newspapers, you had network TV, and you essentially had the gatekeepers of information. The Internet obviously opened all that up. I recently watched an interview with outgoing Washington Post editor Marty Baron, and among the more memorable things that he said was something to the effect that the uh, Over the last few years, yes, people have gotten more political and they have gotten more into the news. But he was not happy. He was concerned because, he rightly pointed out, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are taking in the right information. Now, I'm willing to bet old Marty and I probably disagree as to what that right information is. Nonetheless, I think we agree. People are reading inaccurate or biased or slanted information i remember a couple months back i was chowing down on some very delicious pizza at a local brewery and i was talking to the guy next to me and uh the first thing we just started chatting about was fishing i can talk about fishing with anyone who will listen and talk back and so it was a lengthy conversation and we went back and forth he even shared a few spots which was pretty rare for a fisherman who doesn't know you. Anyway, we eventually segued to politics. And we went back and forth on the whole discussion of election fraud. What struck me most, at some point he goes, you know, man, it's just so hard. I don't know what to believe anymore. And I admire that. And I think it's reflective of how a lot of people are. We like to think that Our point of view here from the John Birch Society, the point of view that this podcast will be discussing what's going on, is accurate. It's why we've endured for so long. Over the last year or so, with all the crazy stuff happening, we have heard a lot about how we were right. What we've been yammering about for the last half century, specifically about the elitist plot for a globalist takeover, was right. And people saw it. People saw it all came together. 2020, I'd say, is the year that it became obvious. 2020 was such a wild year in which anyone with a pulse and at least one good working eye, or it doesn't even have to be good, could see that something sinister was in play. Things didn't line up. The way things were happening, it just didn't line up. We saw the global economy halted over a disease with a nearly 100% survival rate for anyone under 70. That's not even mentioning the information available that we ignored remedies and medication that would have actually worked more effectively. We saw the media demonize Americans who nonviolently violently protested draconian tyrannical measures yet praise people who destroyed cities. And they beat people senselessly. Some They even killed. They raised businesses to the ground. You know, the whole Black Lives Matter nonsense that erupted. It was unreal, and it still is. I don't, I don't know how history will judge this, but it was unreal how the mainstream media treated those two groups. It was upside down. It reminds me of, that, of the Bible verse where they say that it's an age where up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right. And to top it all off, this all happened during an election year. When we were on a path to re-elect the first man in most of our lifetimes who actually made steps toward American sovereignty. We knew this was part of the deep state ploy, that what was happening is they were derailing that wisp of divergence toward Americanism that we were enjoying for the last three or four years. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. I'll be the first to say there's lots of things that I wasn't crazy about Donald Trump, uh, mainly his demeanor, and even some of his policies, but it was more promising than it had been, at least in my lifetime, or at least as long as I've been paying attention. Nevertheless, we knew that what was really happening was that the globalists were pulling out all the stops and they were doing that to stop us from getting another four years of a president who actually fought for America. Another reason we are starting Freedom is the Cure is to talk about action. What can we all do to restore liberty, and national sovereignty. So there's no point in talking about the problems in America if we're not going to offer solutions. And JBS has always been a solutions-oriented organization. That's what's put us at the top of the enemies list. It took us no more than three years after our organization's launch to draw the ire of the establishment and be bombarded with smears and attacks from every angle. The newspapers... Uh, From the mainstream, they came at the John Birch Society from every angle. At some point, there was even investigations into the JBS. Why did all this happen? It's because we created chapters of concerned Americans all over the country. We had our own press, and so we went on an information distribution binge. We didn't have to rely on any publishing companies. We did everything in house, and most importantly. What that was doing is it was changing the political landscape. We were the most effective pro-American group out there. We were providing true knowledge and action based on true knowledge. So going back to Freedom is the Cure, we are here to discuss issues and relevant topics and then offer and discuss solutions, practical solutions to accomplishing those goals. One of those, for instance, will include our action projects. We have several of them. Our most recent one is called Restore Election Integrity. It's become a, a trend these days because of what happened in 2020, but election integrity has been an issue for decades. So here at the John Birch Society, we have a motto and essentially describes what would make America and therefore the world better. And that would be less government. It would include people having more personal responsibility And all of that has to be done with God's help. Freedom is indeed the cure to whatever ails us as a society. That's why we went with this. In this episode, we're going to touch on a topic that has become more acceptable to talk about thanks to Donald Trump. More people are starting to realize that the idea of an elitist group, an oligarch who think they should rule over us, is true. Over the years, I've taken quite an interest in the topic and Uh, specifically over the last few years I've really dug into and there's a lot of great resources out there. A lot of people went on that journey trying to find out if this is true and some of them ended up writing books. I've read some of those books and and they're great. We're going to be talking about some of those books with my guests today but before we do I'd like to To read out loud what I believe is one of the most concise and accurate definitions of the deep state, because I think this is part of what's so intimidating or what causes a lot of the confusion or even reluctance to acknowledge the deep state, is that it's just hard to define. It is a vast network. And to tell you the truth, I'm still learning. And that's part of why I'm going to have the people on that I'm going to be speaking with today. So this uh, definition comes from a, a colleague whom I have the pleasure of working with on a regular basis. He wrote it as a foreword in a book by another colleague who I have the pleasure of working with. So Gary Benoit is the editor of the New American, our affiliate magazine, and he wrote this definition in the intro to a book by Alex Newman, who is a very great investigative journalist and who has a great understanding of the deep state. So Gary writes... In a nutshell, the deep state is a state within a state. It's a shadow government that manipulates and shapes the policies of the invisible government without regard to the best interest of the country, the US constitution, the laws enacted by Congress, or the public policies of the president. Pretty good, huh? So that's what we're gonna discuss today. But first, check this out.
1: Are you concerned with where America is headed? If not, you should be. So let's get busy on solutions. At the John Birch Society, our staff and members have over 60 years of experience in pushing back on outrageous abuses of government. Our tools are truth and education. Our methods are tried and true with scores of successful operations. Join together with the tens of thousands of members of the John Birch Society nationwide to make a difference. We have professional staff strategically placed all over the nation and will provide the training you need to be a success. We will provide the materials you need to be a success. We will provide the esprit de corps that comes with working in concert with tens of thousands of members nationwide on the same goals. If you want a bellyache and do nothing, don't join because we don't want you. But if you're a patriot, and you love our country and want to preserve the blessings of liberty to the next generation, then we need you in the fight today. Not soon. Today. Let me clarify. Today. Go to JBS.org and get involved right now. And remember, the
0: Constitution is the solution. So, okay, folks, as I said, uh, today we will be discussing the deep state. And I got two very fine and smart gentlemen to help me out with that. Wayne Morrow is the vice president of the JBS, and he has the demanding task of overseeing the field staff. He keeps busy. Wayne has lived in various places around the world. How are you doing out there?
2: I'm doing fine. Thanks, Paul. Good afternoon.
0: Uh, We also have Peter Rakowski, and he's our research associate and an intelligent young man to boot. If you've signed up to receive our legislative alerts, you can thank Peter for keeping up with the uh, unconstitutional proposals all across this otherwise great land. How you doing, Peter? Doing well. All right. So we're, we're going to dive in. And I guess I'll go with you first, Wayne. I believe that we are transitioning to a place where the idea of this elitist group of, uh, some would say, maniacs wanting to rule over the entire world is becoming more ac- acceptable I think one of the biggest questions uh, for those perhaps on the fence or, or, or who are just beginning to learn about the deep state is, how do we know the deep state exists? And, and you, you guys could both chime in on that. What convinces you guys that the deep state exists?
2: That's a good question. Uh, so uh, back in 2014, the term the deep state was coined by a man by the name of Mike Lothrin. He was a former Republican aide and he wrote a book, The Deep State, uh, the fall of the constitution and the rise of the shadow government. And that was kind of the ushers it in and even ABC news, believe it or not back in 2017 did a survey and said that 48% of the people they surveyed believe that the deep state does exist and even 35% even thought it was a conspiracy. And so, uh, it's interesting here, I mean, we'll go for the past. JFK, JFK, at a 1963, I think it was a, a luncheon program, but the press said this, listen to this. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic, ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence. On infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines the military. And that's from JFK? Even Ed Stone said this in the past, that yeah, there's a deep state. Trust me, I've been there. So, I think he asked the question, does a deep state exist? Yes, it used to be called um, the insiders. They were called uh, the planners, but you're right, President Trump used the term D state. It really became a popular term. But I wanted to go back, even back to JFK days, that he even called out what it was back then. So it's nothing new. It's just becoming more aware of really what's going on. And that's the credit of the John Birch Society, has been exposing this conspiracy insider, invisible government for a long time. Do you have anything to add to that, Peter?
3: Yeah, I mean, I want to uh, you know essentially repeat what uh, Wayne has been saying. You know, the deep state—we've known about it for you know many decades. And the deep state—the concept itself isn't even particularly controversial or anything like that. I mean, for example, there was a famous uh, TV show in the UK called Yes Minister in the nineteen eighties, and essentially the whole point of that TV show was how career bureaucrats in the British government would pretend to listen to the political appointees over their agencies, but then behind the scenes, they would just do whatever agenda they wanted to, you know, but, uh, more recently, uh, it's become a lot more, uh, blatant, you know, the subversion that, uh, the deep state is doing essentially, you know, especially with, uh, Donald Trump with them, uh, completely disregarding many of the orders that he's done regarding, you know, pulling troops out of these foreign wars with declassifying various documents and other things like that.
0: What is the deep state? Because I think that's also, for a lot of people, maybe confusing. I know it was for me as I was learning about it. What is it? How, uh, you know, what, what are some of the networks and how, how does it work
2: and what is it? Good question. Well, the deep state has a lot of components. It has bureaucrats, you know, in the the military, as well as civilian. I think there's over 3 million civilian employees, believe it or not, and over 2 million people in the armed services. Uh, You have uh, the deep state, as far as uh, intelligence community, we know about that. That's really important. And matter of fact, they have uh, around the globe, they have outposts around as a deep state. So it's not just the U.S. Uh, they have um, deep state could be in the CIA and the NSA and the DIA. So it's many branches of the intelligent families. And as I mentioned, uh, they have, uh, have been around the world. There's even deep communists in the deep state, uh, which has been around since the 60s. I like to comment by um, CIA director John Brennan, he used the past uh, former said, I voted for the Communist Party candidate Gus Hall. And uh, he was involved in this and he's all part of the deep state as well. They've been involved in, in intel crimes, torture, mass murder, gun running, drug trafficking, illegal spying, kidnapping, and on and on it and, goes. And so it's not just one particular arm, there are many. And so uh, as, as President Kenney says, there are many facets to this thing called the deep state. And they, they perfected over time through technology but it is at various tentacles of our life. So it's, it's pretty deep and wide and broad.
0: Peter, did he leave out any uh, other components to the deep
3: state? Well, I think uh, Wayne covered it pretty well, but one thing I do want to uh, point out is just reading what some of them say. I mean, they're, they're not necessarily keeping what they're doing completely to themselves. They're uh advocating some of this stuff like in uh their various journals like in foreign affairs organizations like the council on foreign relations and if you read what they've been advocating for over the decades and then you match then you compare that with what's actually being implemented it's uh very very close those two i mean for example uh Many of them, such as uh, Richard Gardner, a uh, State Department bureaucrat, even in the 1970s, they advocated for uh, creating these uh, international organizations like the European Union and the African Union back in the 70s, and we didn't see these until you know, the 90s, early 2000s, but it's unfolded uh, almost exactly as they advocated for, and then there's the question, you know, did the people, the various countries of the world, ask for this? And the answer is no, but it's still happening the way that they called for decades earlier.
0: You had mentioned uh, the CFR. Did you want? Can you elaborate a little bit about how significant the CFR is?
3: It's a very uh, large organization. There are people in it in pretty much any uh, branch of the elite, whether it's the government. Uh, the military, the bureaucracy, business, um, you know, diplomats in all these different countries—it's—it's uh, it's everyone almost in the elite, and including the media, huh? Oh yeah, and the media too. And it doesn't matter whether it's a Republican administration or a Democrat administration, or in a, in a foreign country, whether it's you know from a conservative. ostensibly right-of-center party or an ostensibly left-of-center party, you'll see people in the Council Council of Foreign Relations in all of those various governments, and they're all pushing for the same policies, essentially, which is a one-world government and achieving the one-world government through what they call progressive regionalization, which Hmm. essentially achieves one-world government through organizations like the European Union, uh, the USMCA, the African Union, and various organizations like that—regional organizations.
0: Why does the deep state exist, and what do they want? What are they trying to accomplish? Peter, you had mentioned a one-world government. Wayne, did you want to kind of elaborate on on that? And why is this? Why why is this something they're pushing for?
2: Well, this is nothing new. You know, going back in the 1700s, uh, Adam Weishaupt. Uh, talked about the Illuminati and then the Illuminati supposedly changed into the Frankfurt School. But this is nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. And of course, they may change the name, but the methodology may be perfected. But the goal is world government. And they use the UN as that platform. Uh, And as uh, Peter was saying, the CFR is certainly an integral part. They have organizations in Europe as well. But, you know, it's through the banking system they control, you know, through propaganda and the mass media and newsprint uh, and also also needless to say within our own government but they use all kinds of devious means to control and spy on citizens worldwide uh, which tells me they're really afraid of people <laughs> to, you know and we'll get to the solutions but they're really scared about people waking up to this and I think Trump uh, was imperfect for by all means but he will expose enough of it. So people start talking about, we're not gonna be socialists, this deep state thing, they're globalists. But their goal always has been world domination, world world government. That's really what they're up to. A small group of people uh, who really wanna control the world, they really wanna play God, who lives and who dies. But they, in all facets of our life, they control from money to politics, Certainly, to spying on us, uh, whatever it takes, uh, and banking especially, to uh, control the world population, not just the United States.
0: It sounds like they're just power hungry, and that you know, that sounds pretty demented. Obviously, do we have do we have the writings of any any? Can we do you guys? Can you guys think of any particular elitist or deep statist or globalist who've spoken? Well, there you go. Wayne's pointing to his uh, large bookshelf. Uh, can you guys, you know, give me an example of, of somebody who wants this, who wants, who's a globalist and who wants to be part of the elite group on top?
3: Well, I have one example Well, I have several examples, but one in particular, <laughs> uh, David Rockefeller in his autobiography, quote, some even believe that we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure one world if you will if that's the charge I stand guilty and I am proud of it you know yeah. and that that's his own wor- words David Rockefeller' in his, in his autobiography yes. openly blatantly stating that he wants a world government he's working for it even if it goes completely against the interest of the United States. Do we have any other examples? Wayne, what do you got there in your large stack of
0: books?
2: Yeah, the, so you can look at Tragedy of Hope by Professor Quigley. I mean, he was involved with the uh, One Worlders, and he was so anxious, he wrote the book Tragedy and Hope. As a matter of fact, he was a professor of Clinton. Uh, this book here is The Proofs of the Conspiracy by John Robeson, 1798. It really talks about the conspiracy, the quest for for. World government. I uh, even have a call here from the Rothschild Bank of Dynasties, brags about having been at the center of the world's financial markets for more than two hundred years. We can rely on an unraveled global network, and you know, and it's, like I said, it takes many faces, but the goal's the same. So the faces change, maybe the names change, but the is still the same. It's all power, but it's world domination. It's uh, world control. And as we bring up the current days of. The pandemic with COVID 19, what a great way to impose upon totalitarianism tyranny on the world by a, uh, a pandemic, a, a virus of such that it keeps people entrapped. And you can see it, it's a psychological psyops operation. You can see it all the time as it affects people physically and mentally. But that's all part of the plan, it's all part of that for world domination, world government. So. As we go through time and, and the authors in the past, what we see today plays out. You can sort of see it. And that's why people worldwide are waking up to the fact now becomes so obvious. I mean, you can't miss it. And I think that's a good sign because awareness is critically important for victory.
0: We, we had uh, talked about it quite often, and I think it's we agree that 2020, something... Um that uh, something else was going on. And I mentioned in my introduction, what, what is in your opinion, guys, why did 2020, why was it so blatant? It was a deep state plot over there. It was a ploy to obviously seemed like they were trying to keep Donald Trump out, right? And so why did, they, why did they make such bold moves? And like you said, you're seeing people awaken. You, you kind of have your ear low to the ground. What is your uh,
2: perception of what's happening? out yeah. there? Good question. Well, I think uh, Trump was not a perfect person, but I don't think he was one of them officially. So he was there uh, really was kind of a speed bump. And uh, he opened the eyes of the sleepy, uh, hey, what's going on, I don't understand this. And he was causing them problems on their globalism moving forward. So they had to get rid of him in his, as a president in all way possible. Lying, cheating, stealing—whatever it is—and you know, once we went through, go through the litany of all the allegations he had in the past, the Russia conspiracy and all. Of course, the people that were, were blaming him were guilty, <laughs> but uh, the, the, he had to go uh, because worldwide people waking up, talking about America, freedom, liberty, uh, not nationalism, uh, and so that was a problem. So the intelligent community used everything possible all the uh, Googles, Facebook and all to crank down and shut down any free speech as we see today. Anything opposing uh, the world government speak gets taken out of the uh, commentary. And uh, so I think that's what happened. I think it was so blatant. So many people, even I talked to weekly, they still get it. They understand that now they really understand because they're seeing what's going on.
0: Are we seeing, uh, for instance, at John Birch Society, I had mentioned that we have been talking about this since the beginning. Are we seeing people coming around? And uh, I am from from my standpoint, are you seeing it, too, that, you know, people are saying, man, you guys uh, hit it on the nail for, uh, since the beginning? Yeah,
2: I hear that from people call me on the phone who want to join up or have been watching the Bird Society for 10 or 15 years and says, <laughs> so do you believe us now? <laughs> and, you know, they really do like, yeah, uh, you know, it's a. I have people said, hey, I've been, you know, my dad was a member. I'm, I'm getting back in again because we're in trouble. But, you know, it's it's sort of on the outside. They it, it was sort of unbelievable. But now it's so believable. And, uh, you know, I look at the educational system, how they've turned in students to Marxists. I mean, we've been talking about that since the late 50s. And so, yes, history proves us to be right. And so lots of literature I have a lot behind me, but a lot of literature supports what we say. It's not one of our opinions. As many people have come out of it, some people have written about it, uh, and so it proves over time that it's not a fairy tale. Unfortunately, it's very real. What do you what do you see, Peter?
0: Are young people starting to realize what's going on?
3: I think I think uh, many young people are. I think people from you know all over the place are uh, waking up. 10 years ago or 20 years ago talking about the deep state you know like mainstream society you know that that didn't happen at least to the extent that it's going on now and it's you know people for of all ages you know even young people so yeah i mean people everywhere i think are waking up Nice. Well, this this I
0: think is a perfect opportunity to talk about what can be done. Before I do that, though, remember Wayne, we had a conversation once, and uh, it was it was on the phone, and you had said something to the effect that you know I'd mentioned how you've traveled the world. What have you seen? You said something to the effect that you know we don't have that much time, and and you've seen how this moves. Can you elaborate on that? It's how urgent is what we're going through, and how how vital is it that we stop this
2: you know if you look, listen to the un it was agenda 21 of course for the birth society and others slowed this whole process down so it never happened but now they set the clock agenda 2030 which is the year 2030 that's sort of a marks line in the sand they want to accomplish world government by the year 2030 that's not a long time it's nine years yeah uh, you know we're we're we're, thir- we're a fourth of the way the 2021 already. so time flies so with that in mind, I, you know, we don't have, you know, five generations to figure this out. But, you know, we see it, what's going on, and people have to act. So there are certain people who are apathetic regards what happens. There are people who are afraid and fearful. We're seeing that now because of the pandemic. And there are people who only want to do something about it. And those are the folks who really, we get into the bird society, want to do something. They know they have a chance to turn this around. Even though the, the deep state or the insiders or the Globus think it's too late, that's a total lie. And they know that. So they're doing all they can with the current situation we are, which is a So I look at it, is to convince us, we'll lock you down, you can't talk to anybody because we're training you to be a good slave. So what I see, and they travel around, I don't care what country it is, people don't wanna be slaves. Uh, so, they, you know, they want to have, we're, have a, we're fortunate we have a middle class here and they're working hard to destroy the middle class, which makes us unique. So they're working hard overtime. They just want, you know, oligarchy and they want serfs. That's what they want. No middle class. So people see that. They can feel it uh, emotionally. They can see it with their eyes the businesses are being destroyed. And so they're very listening to why is this happening? I hear that what is going on? It does not make sense. And that's a great opportunity for us to tell people the truth because they want to hear the truth.
0: So what are we doing about it? Obviously, we're part of the John Burr Society and uh, we have quite a few things going on. Peter, do you want to kind of go into some of our action projects, help restore freedom, uh, and then, of course, tell people how they can get involved and get in the know?
3: Yeah, yeah, we we do uh, action projects and then also action alerts where we find specific uh, pieces of legislation or, uh, legislative areas where we can contact legislators and, um, you know, influence them. And we have several of those, which would, uh, counter and, uh, defeat the, uh, the deep state, uh, both on the federal and state levels. So one of our alerts is to get us out of the UN, you know, on the federal level, because the United Nations is probably the main threat to our national sovereignty and with the United Nations, it's a massive uh, bureaucracy, Uh, you know, and having foreign bureaucrats uh, meddle in our domestic policies, that's a uh, very serious threat to our national sovereignty. So getting us out of the UN would uh, do a lot with uh, countering the deep state in our country and also Uh, Getting us out of the World Trade Organization and getting us out of the USMCA. We have uh, two legislative alerts on those two. And then also, uh, both on the state and federal levels, is our um, nullification action project, Article 6 and not 5. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, about 80% of the federal government is unconstitutional. Like literally 80% of it. Is violates the constitution, uh, and so That's 80% crazy. of the deep state in the federal level should not even exist. So, if both the states and various branches of the federal government exercise nullification, where they take article six and the constitution in its entirety seriously, um, that would go a very long way in uh, in nullifying oh, the deep state. Right. And then just a couple others, I mean, we have several, but a couple other important ones, uh, stopping out of control state governments, where uh, with the coronavirus, we've realized how much control these state bureaucrats have, have over our personal lives, where we have these state bureaucrats, not, not legislators, you know, not political appointees, but bureaucrats uh, making these unilateral decisions on lockdowns and masks, and things like that. So for state legislators to retake that control and to uh, defang the uh, bureaucracy, that'll go a long way as well. And then also restoring election integrity, the the legislators have done the same thing where uh, they've taken uh, control over our elections, given that over to the bureaucrats. And it's very important once again for legislators to reclaim that control.
0: Wayne, what do you got to add to that? How do people get involved? Uh, what's the best way to, to stop the deep state?
2: Well, first of all, join the John Birch Society. That's always a good start. There you, go. you can't do it on the outside. You can't do it by yourself. Uh, you can't have a patriot group, you know, Uh, four people down the street, you know, you get frustrated and you get burned out. So you need an organization, you need a tracker. We've been doing this for over 60 years. Uh, We have uh, the New American Magazine that comes out twice a month. We have our bulletin action products as Peter mentioned. We have a lot of educational tools. I always tell people, if you don't believe us, go prove it out yourself. So we have Shadows of Power, Creature from Jekyll Island, uh, uh, In the Shadows of the Deep State. You know, we have Books of the Past. And I, you know, we have lots of programs, we have videos, we have our constitution workshops. Uh, but I think that to make the difference, once you have the knowledge, what good is it if you don't put it to work?
0: Exactly. And so I think
2: Peter mentioned on it, you know, we have, we educate and we activate our members to go to the local state legislators and meet up with them and, and actually teach them about nullification or teach them about what is their constitutional rights. You know, they, they react to public pressure. And the reason why we have what we have because citizens have been very apathetic. I'm not a politics, I don't wanna get involved, this is not for me. What happens, they've handed over the keys to the kingdom to somebody else. You see, at the end of the day, we, we forget that politicians, elected officials work for the people, not the other way around. And sometimes they forget that. So I think it's, you know we empower them with information, and and, uh, and we educate our elected officials and if elected officials turn out to be not constitutionalists, then we have the ability then to raise people in our community who would be elected official. And I see that happening because uh, if not, it's not going the right direction. So our job has been, you wanna change it, you have to get involved and you have to make it happen. The Bird Society is a vehicle to get us there. It's not the only answer. It's a vehicle to get us there. We give you the tools to activate to be effective. That's my answer.
0: That's a good answer. Um, the time to sit on the bench is is so over. And like you said, we are we are here because too many of us did s- sit on the bench. And you know that was me for a long time. And I don't know how you know if you've always been into what's going on, but I know there's a lot of people that are out there that are like me. Uh, who, who sat out most of the time, you know, partaking in fun or stuff. And then meanwhile, the enemies of freedom, they work night and day. They work night and day to bring us where we are. And never in the United States, never did we think, I, at least I'm speaking for myself, did, would we in the United States see where we are today? We have s- censorship on a level we've never had. And of course, we have what's probably the most questionable uh, election that we've ever had what's crazier about it obviously is you can't talk about it but there's hope right as long as we have what we still have there's hope to fight within the system right uh before we go did you guys want to touch on 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 some of the things that we shouldn't do you know obviously the january 6th incident at the capitol i think brought out interesting aspects of the way we shouldn't be be
2: resorting or trying to fix this well it took a long time to get here those are you know, the- the, the globalists are very patient people and uh, they go, go at you piece by piece, you know? And by fact, I wanted to quote Richard Gardner. You mentioned, Peter, he said, in short, the house of the new world order will have to be built from the bottom up, rather from the top down and run around national sovereignty. Eroding it piece by piece will accomplish much more than the old fashioned assault. So yeah, they've taken their time eroding our freedoms slowly, like the old frog in the pan, nice and slow, you know? And so what happens is very it's it's not very obvious, but now it is because you're right, Paul, it's gotten to a place where people would never believe this before. Well, you know, it's still never too late. And that even wakens people up even more so. And I think it's so much obvious now that people really want to act. And I see that all the time. They know, as I said, we're running out of time and they know it's fourth quarter. It's time to get real busy. You can't score any points to be in defensive, you have to be offensive. And I see that going on as I travel the U.S. People want to do something. And I, I'm really confident that we have a, a great chance to push back on really this diabolical conspiracy, which is evil at its core.
0: I get the feeling and from what I'm seeing and from what you're seeing and I've traveled across the country and whatnot that there's this perception that perhaps there's not we're not as large a group but I think it's I think there's a misdirection there's a misperception about a hunger for liberty a hunger for for national sovereignty and I just want to say to whoever's listening is that you're not alone uh, there's millions and, and there's probably even more than than obviously the, the media will allow people to know or, or to build that perception. So with that, I'll let Peter have the last words and then we'll get out of here.
3: Well, if we take action, if we uh, get off the couch, you know, if we get to work, we can save our country.
0: Hey, Peter, thank you. Thanks, Wayne. And uh, welcome. we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Did we break through? We're in. Go. This is Caleb Collier with the John Birch Society. I don't have a lot of time. Recently, we brought you the message of freedom is the cure, only to have it censored immediately. What don't they want you to know? Why are they suppressing truth? To find out who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Our freedoms are under attack, but we have identified the enemy. Their arrogance is their weakness. Find the truth at jbs.org or thenewamerican.com. This message has been brought to you by the John Birch Society. Join us and fight for the republic before it's too...
1: Citizens of the United Nations, pay no attention to this pirated message. Big Brother is watching you.
0: Big Brother loves you. We are now returning you to your regular scheduled program.